This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, Robbie. Hi, Ernie. Hey, yes, uh, thank you for hanging with me. And um, have you had a chance to reflect on thoughts? I was sharing uh, some just issues I was dealing with with work and issues I was dealing with with you and how that was making me angry and trying to unpack my anger. And we took a break while we took care of some errands. And I'm just curious, whatever direction you have, you want to go in is fine with me. Um, I've given no thought to it because I was busy thinking about the arrangements <laughs> I needed to make to use the time well. So uh, I'm, and I, it, you had raced through your thing. I mean, from for you, you had slowed way down, but it was still at a pace that I wasn't, didn't feel like I um, tracked, but I could uh, maybe start off with um, what I think I heard uh, and we can see where it breaks down. And so um, I, we, I, does that sound like a good strategy? Sure, if that works for you, I'm happy to go that road. All right. All right. So um, you were trying to, uh, draw me to um, consider a distinction between following Christ and being a disciple that uh, I didn't, I mean, in the, in the context, I made a dismissive perhaps comment that uh, from my perspective, there isn't a distinction. I don't draw a distinction between the two. And I think that was the point at which you expressed that you were feeling anger toward me and then, or are you feeling angry? And I said, is that toward me or somebody or what, what is the anger toward and what's it about? And you uh, then uh, described a situation with your boss that um, I think I kind of understood or it, I, I followed a little bit. But Let me just summarize um, the punchline was that where okay. he the punchline was that like he 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 verbally admitted that yes we feel something and it's not always clear what it's about even if it felt like there was not exactly consistency in practicing it and that was what triggered my anger both halves of that yeah so um uh, and i'm still trying to figure out what i'm angry about or what are the different layers of my anger yeah yeah um, and so uh, I don't know if you want on the record to reference the text you just sent me. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. If that works for you, we can go into that now. If not, yeah. So the first one that I was thinking of when I said that, and I see you sent a subsequent, was my Christless failure mode is trying to destroy your sin instead of before confronting my own. And of course, this is a theme uh, we've talked about of. Uh, take care of the beam in your own eye before the speck in your brother's um, and uh, 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 other places where that comes out in scripture. The, then the follow-up text was, during most of the Gospels, the disciples wanted a king who would destroy their enemies rather than a savior who would destroy their sin. Um, okay. Uh, I, I have a different orientation which i described which may have been part of what provoked your anger earlier um or triggered uh i don't know what if uh triggered provoked or provoked is a good word. More yeah. Yeah. yeah i think provoked is better than cause and i think that's right. a fair that's an important distinction um right. and so 
uh, and so what's interesting is that you see your framing or perspective as incompatible with or complementary with my perspective on the, the what was happening in the gospel. Yeah, I um I don't know that it's in conflict. I mean, I I don't disagree. Um let me just read this a little more slowly. During most of the gospels, the disciples wanted a king who would destroy their enemies. I certainly think that that's true. Rather mm-hmm. than a savior who would destroy their sin. Um I don't think that was a concept that they were looking for. Uh, although it strikes me Peter first encounter uh, with Jesus, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, kind of like Isaiah. Uh, you know, um, so um, we actually, we fear a God, a holy God that uh, uh, illuminates our sin, um, maybe because we don't realize that he came to remove it and to um, give us and forgive us rather than to judge us. But um, yeah, maybe mine is complimentary that um, he also, he doesn't just end with taking away our sin or destroying our sin, but then leads us into following him in extending this good news that the deliverance from our sin is available um, in the discipling of all nations to bring forth this promise that God made to Abraham that all the family lines of earth would be blessed. And it's that latter part that's been the focus of my life for 40-plus years. Um, so the to, to me, I use the word introspective. The, the focus on getting my own sin is an introspective... Um, Piece that does need to happen, but it it shouldn't, from my perspective, become the primary focus and end uh, goal. If that makes sense, or doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Your turn. Um. So I'm a little confused because I thought we were talking about what the disciples did in the Gospels, and it felt like you jumped straight right to the last verse of Matthew and kind of glossed over the rest of the Gospel, what was happening there. So I'm a little confused. What um, do you think was uh, happening uh, with the disciples during the Gospels? Uh, so in the earlier conversation, my I made a comment that uh, seemed to me like the focus in the Gospels was Jesus training and preparing the disciples for this commission. Um, And it seemed to me, as in my recollection of our earlier conversation, that it was in that context that then you wanted to make the distinction between being a disciple and following Jesus. And I didn't quite follow what the, where you were going with that, but then the anger came out. And uh, so this is, I, I'm, I'm not tracking with what you were experiencing and would be happy to then have you unpack that and uh, see where we go from there or what right. I can learn. Right. So, if, so, so let me, yeah, okay, I, I will try one more time, and then I may fail again, um, in which case we'll have to do something different. So in the Gospels, uh-huh. yes, Jesus prepares them to uh, um, to take over for him. I think there's three phases that are worth looking at and breaking it down to these three. One is the period before the cross, 
uh-huh. uh, you know, where he takes on the role of a rabbi, which appears to the disciples to be consistent with their cultural understanding of a Messiah, someone who speaks truth to power, who's going to come as a son of David and overthrow the Roman uh, oppression. That is the mental framework the disciples are living in. And he engages with them in that mental framework, uh, at least starting from that mental framework. Is, is that a fair, uh, do you think that's a fair characterization of what's happening in the bulk of the Gospels? Uh, well, what comes to mind is he was he's also at various points intentionally challenging the prejudice that God only cares about Jews um, with the Samaritan woman in the village and when James and John want to call down fire on the Samaritans and when the Greeks come and, and when he says in John 10, I have sheep of other folds, I must gather them also. So throughout, I think, not to diminish what you're saying, I think what you're saying is completely true. I would compliment it with he was also working very hard to shift from their ethnocentric uh, prejudices to um, uh, God's concern, to his father's concern for all the peoples of the earth. Okay. So, so let me let me rephrase that in a way that I'm comfortable with and see if that works for you. Right. Okay. Is that his primary paradigm for operating with them in the bulk of the gospel uh, before he gets ready to die and starts talking about the cross and everything, he uh, primarily inhabits the role of a rabbi and messiah, but also uh, subverts it in various ways by doing things that contradict or conflict with their understanding of what it means to be a messiah. Is that a fair statement? Like, for um, example, yeah. you know, extending a concern to those outside of Judaism. Well, yeah, it feels like you've demoted the concern for those outside of Jerusalem further than I would. I mean, I, I see that as primary. Right, right. I, 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 oh, yes. But my, my, so the reason I do that is I think there's other things he does that subvert the understanding of the traditional Jewish culture, cultural understanding of Messiah. And I understand yeah, that yeah. that's the one that you care most about. All right. Um, and I have others that I care equally about that I'm trying to put on the same level with that. Okay. And so, yes, I am trying to demote it. Um, and yeah. are you objecting to that? Or are you curious about what other things I put on that same level? Or are you objecting yeah. to the fact that I demote it below his the the uh, yeah, I guess that was what I was confused by. Okay, let me just ask that question. So, uh, you know, I, you're free to have your own perspective and to demote, to, you know, things or promote them according to your perspective. Uh, you're probably, if if you're wanting to, um, if you're asking me to agree with your perspective, that's going to take a much longer, deeper no, conversation. I'm, I'm asking whether you're offended but, or curious. Um, I just, no, I'm curious. I'm not offended at all. Uh, okay. Only, only if you feel if if it bothers you that I look at this differently, uh, then we, you know, we might need to discuss well, well, that. Through. Right. So, well, right. So, if you're offended. The, the issue is, yeah. yeah. So, do you at least accept that it's a valid framing that that 
he was you know he starts off sort of inhabiting a role you know the jewish cultural role of messiah but then subverts it and challenges it in various ways are you comfortable with yeah, that yeah, overall yeah. framing right yeah I think, um, I think we're in agreement with that yeah okay and do you feel that the primary way that he subverted that was by extending the franchise to non-jews is that what you want to claim or is that am i misunderstanding your position um well, I'd have to know what the other options are that you're considering before I could right. fully Right. Well, but it, seemed, them, but, but it seemed like but, you felt like I was demoting you, so I assume that there was some yeah, yeah. emotion no, I, there. When, you know, as I look at the book of Acts, where they're um, now being led by the Spirit, and it seems like this is all about uh, the shift, the repeating three times the vision that G, that uh, 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 Paul's, okay, I'm so, sorry, Jesus had commissioned to Paul three times, right. Peter recounting his uh, interaction with Cornelius. There's just so much there that is work. Uh, uh, Luke, Luke in particular throughout Acts seems to be focused on this. Um, so, so, so that's yeah. really, okay, so that's good. Okay. So I think the phrase that I read a little bit is all about, like I could totally buy that it is largely about uh-huh. the, ex- the external expanse of the gospel, of, of, the, of the preaching of the gospel in the body of Christ. I specifically take exception to the idea that, that that's all it's about. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Um, uh, right. Uh, it, and, and, you know, there's a part of my shift in recent years that we've discussed is that uh, yes, Jesus has a purpose that he's he and the Father are working out, and yes, I get to participate in that. But much more important to him in in interacting with me is that I'm precious to him, that he enjoys my company, that I he wants me to enjoy his company, and that uh, this fellowship. And I would say that that uh, I would put that as primary from a personal perspective, um, where the purpose of the Father is primary from another perspective and the cleaning me up, the, you know, removal of sin and restoration of relationships is um, a key part of that as well. So I think that cleaning okay. up and, and restore restoration of relationships and is, is what you were wanting to focus on. Is that a, a nice question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so kind of what I'm hearing and is that you see Jesus doing three things in the gospel. One is, you know, taking on the cultural role of a Messiah or a rabbi. Two, um, you know, uh, pitching the idea that there's a job to be done of evangelizing the whole world, not just taking care of the Jews. And three, this idea of, hey, God wants to hang out with me and, and 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 enjoy being with me, uh, and you know, and so those three things I think are uh, present in the Gospels, mm-hmm. and the things that I mean it's not what you said, but that's what I hear you saying that you think Jesus is focused on. Yeah, there's a in one I think it might be in Luke where it says he appointed twelve to be with him and to be sent out to preach, and to have authority over demons and the other sick. Um, right. 
Yeah, that seems to me to fit with that the way we're uh, kind of breaking this down at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that is that that, that it is that there is certainly a lot of that, and even one could argue that it's pretty much that is a good way to characterize the vast majority of what happens in the first phase of the Gospels. Okay. Okay. There's a few other things that God does that He Jesus does that are worth calling out, even if I will concede that they are relatively subtle uh, sure. and could easily be overlooked. Okay. One is that he has this disturbing tendency to equate himself with God and claim the ability to forgive sins. Okay, I would tie that in with the cleaning people up. And, oh, well, maybe that's the cleaning up in preparation for the relating to him. I'm not sure how you would... So I think that's, so, sorry, 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 but this is okay. This is this is a little bizarre because he's already relating to people, right? He doesn't seem to clean people up before they relate to him, right? Right? He hangs out with tax collectors and sinners while they are still tax collectors and sinners. Um, although the uh, yes, yeah, okay, examples we know more about they were transformed in the kind of first interaction with Jesus, and they were still viewed as tax collectors and sinners by the, those who knew them before, but maybe he's seeing them in a different way, or, and maybe they've been transformed like Zacchaeus. Um, sorry, so Zacchaeus, right, is that in the act of encountering Jesus, sorry, Jesus, well, I think what happened was, is Jesus first went and had a meal at the house of Zacchaeus, asked nothing of him, and at the end of it, he'd experienced Jesus in such a way that he ended up transformed. Right? Well, no, I think, uh, I mean, we, maybe we need to go back and look at the story, but um, I, I, and well, maybe I'll just pull it up, because it seems like yeah. they they were grumbling with him at the point that he said, I'm going to the house of Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus responded to the grumbling um, by saying, you know, I confess, I, I give, you know, whatever. I think I you should look at the passage here, because I think this is a yeah. fundamental theological distinction that is worth seeing if it matches Scripture. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. how do you spell Zacchaeus? Maybe I got it. Z-A-C-C-H-E-U. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, apparently it's different in the NIV from yeah. in some of the other translations. So, um, ah. but I've, I've got a Luke 19, and uh, you can just read uh, the passage. Shall I go ahead and read it? Or is that what you said? Sure. Yeah. All right. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, 
And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So um, the time compression, uh, maybe the... It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous whether there... What, you know, when the grumbling and and whether the meal actually happened before or after any of this, fair enough. I, I think it's I think scripture is silent on this that point that I was making a big deal about. Okay, so it, it may you know you may be right that this uh, grumbling happened afterwards because it says he has gone to be the guest, but it doesn't it's not clear whether he had finished or he had just arrived. Um, right, but the, the point is okay, the larger point yeah. is that Jesus invited Zacchaeus into a relationship yeah, and yeah. while he was still a sinner. Right. And so Roman, do you want to revisit your objection that Jesus wants to clean us up before we relate to him? Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I didn't mean to put them as a sequence. Um, there is a cleaning that happens in this coming to him, and that in, in a, a, a eclipses us or that uh, draws us into deeper fellowship. So the the cleaning, the the richer deeper fellowship comes along with cleaning, and the two kind of go hand in hand. We don't, I don't think, start out being as close to Jesus as we end up, uh, and we don't start out as clean as we end up being. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't mean or want to say that uh, we, the one comes before the other, uh, or cleaning comes before the other. In any case, so, so let me that. posit, let me posit a narrative and see if this makes sense to you. All right. Is Jesus is excited to meet people in whatever cultural context they currently are in? Right. And then there is a uh, thing he does where he invites people into a deeper relationship with him. And if they enroll on that journey, they end up transformed. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, there's a transforming that happens as we follow him, walk with him. Right. Join him. Okay with him yep okay so so far so good and then and then he drops hints that there's more to come right he will challenge our prejudices he will do things that are unexpected that don't fit our cultural norm right uh right okay so here's the point i wish to make about the gospels uh is this works really well for the disciples right up until the point where it doesn't is that there is a initial invitation in the cultural context we already know about, and we enroll in that journey with a certain sense of self, of who we think we are and what we need. And Jesus accepts that, and there are many benefits from this initial enrollment, but uh, it doesn't, but it, my argument is that because Christ is too big for our cultural context, eventually there will be a crisis. 
And to me, like, the heart of the gospel, the heart of Christianity, is the cross. And when the cross shows up, Judas betrays him, and Peter denies him. So whatever the initial enrollment was, however many extraordinary benefits there were, they are no substitute and not even some, in some ways they made the cross more meaningful, but didn't necessarily make it any easier. And that this cross at the, you know, the last chapter or two of the Gospels is the crux, literally, of the matter of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, as opposed to just a follower. Right. As you've pointed out, there were many who followed him who didn't uh, continue. Or Right. But, but don't forget, some of them, that passage was Jesus tells them what it means to be a disciple, and a bunch of them walk away, uh, uh-huh. scandalized by one thing or another. But even those who remain, except for John, when the, he, they actually see what that means, they all freak out and run away. Right. Everybody falls away. Right. Yeah, and so the the Jesus as rabbi or Jesus as Messiah versus Jesus as Savior, because it's easy to see, uh, and, and for me, this is actually an honest question I have been asking, is do All you right. need Christ or do you need the law? Are you talking about me personally? or Yes, you personally. Um, because, you know, Jesus as I rabbi you know, brings a better law. I will give you a new commandment. I will give you, you've heard it said this, but I say this, right? He is establishing a law, a set of norms and behaviors and rules of right and wrong. And that's awesome. And that's great. But my point is precisely is that is not what I mean by Christ. And that, I'm the sorry, way of the cross. Great. Okay, that's. Um, okay, I think I'm starting to understand some of the pieces of this, but not at a level where I think I'm fully tracking with you. Uh, you summarized something a minute ago, and it was too long for me to get in. You know, uh, when, when we were working with my disabled son, there was a effort to see how many digits you can remember and repeat back um, that digit span uh, capacity of a brain can be developed, but uh, it seems like yours is a little larger than mine and my stack overflow corrupts what we're saying when when we get this deep into things. Right. Especially perhaps Um, if there is more emotional weight to each bit, it takes more effort than if it's a cheap abstraction. Yeah, that may uh, may be uh, part of the picture here. So, um, uh, so a, a piece of what I think you're saying, not the whole thing, is that uh, certainly the disciples were expecting a Messiah and trying to push Jesus into that role that he seemed to partly fit into, but not fully fit into. So. Uh, do is that need further comment? No. Okay. Um, but, so, but then uh, Jesus invited people to follow him, and many did. But uh, in this 
passage uh, where he says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, Luke adds, daily, and uh, follow me. Uh, So the follow me is still there, but there's a denial of self and a taking up of the cross that um, the human beings involved all failed at at some point in the midst of following him. Uh, All but Judas were restored of the 12 uh, that fled when they saw Jesus literally going to the cross. Uh, Am I tracking with you so far? Yeah, John was the exception who stayed with him all the way to the cross. Uh, well, but at the garden, they all deserted him and fled. Um, yeah. He, 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 John yeah, was there fair. at the cross. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, I would say all the humans in the situation uh, did experience that failure. And so I suppose that would suggest that we all can expect to fail in embracing the cross. That doesn't mean that we uh, stop trying um, and that we, uh, so, um, uh, okay, so let's see, uh, deny yourself. Um, you have some thoughts that we've discussed the last couple of days about what specifically self is that is better formed than my vague image of self. Uh, and may shed light on that or may be, you know, very different from what Jesus was thinking. I, I We'd have to, we could spend a whole conversation digging into that question of self and denying self. Um, taking up the cross. Uh, uh, similarly, I have I texted you some questions about, or is that synonymous with deny yourself? Is that uh, something different? What does that mean? And I don't think yet I have not that you haven't said it clearly, it's probably clear to you, but uh, this is the where I'm still struggling to catch up, is what do you mean by deny yourself? What do you think Jesus means by deny yourself, take up your cross? Are those synonymous or different? And uh, if we can you forget the fact that you've already told me this a dozen times, if you want to just... Uh, try at a slower pace to go through those two, unless you think there's another important element of this that we should well, jump uh, let me, to. Let me give you the answer I have, and then we can wrap on this as a point, is that I do not think I can explain the think of it to you. Uh, at Apple, okay. we used to talk about the think of something versus the feel of it. But let me read something, yeah. which I've sent to you before, of what it feels like to me to go through this process of denying self and taking up his cross. And this is Uh, how I know I have done it is because it feels like this. And it is the thing I do not want to do that keeps me from doing it. In the quiet corners of my soul, I have summoned the courage to confront the pain that resides within. I allow myself to be immersed in the rawness of my thoughts and emotions. Cry if I must. Let hunger be my companion. Embrace the disheveled reflection staring back at me and experience the palpable ebb of life slipping away. This is to me what it means to follow the way of the cross. And that is what I see Jesus doing in Gethsemane. This is what I see Jesus doing in the cross. This is what I see the disciples doing 
periodically and not as often as they should in the book of Acts. Uh, and it is those points of confronting our identity and the pain that's been hidden behind our ego that unlocks the door for many different acts of obedience and sacrifice. Um, but those all flow out of the cross. That is my position. Okay, so we were talking about the way of Christ the other day. And um, I, uh, you know, the followers of the way, I guess, uh, when people describe themselves as followers of the way. And I do see the, the this experience you describe as um, um, it's kind of like the new birth passing through death to life. Uh, Romans talks about uh, we're identified with his death and resurrection. Um, it, to me, it's not the perpetual experience, but it's the crisis moment. Um, so uh, uh, calling it a way as if this is the the extended long-term experience rather than uh, something which may for some people be very extended, but uh, I don't, I'm not, if, if I'm well, that, that, tracking... There's a simple solution to that uh, uh, confusion. This is a daily okay. practice. Uh-huh. It's a moment that is supposed to recur frequently. So what you described in that poem is an experience that you believe all followers of Jesus or all who would truly be disciples need to experience what you described in in that poem or what that poem describes uh, on a daily basis. I believe that to the extent we experience this on a daily basis, we are following Christ's call to truly be his disciples. It's not so much a, yes, I'm doing it, no, I'm not. It's a, the more I do this, the more I engage in this practice, the more fully I engage in this practice, the more consistently I engage in this practice, the more effectively I am a disciple of Christ. And the more I avoid it, the less effective I am as a disciple of Christ. That's my position. I wonder if we could tease apart the emotional side of the experience of, you know, Jesus in Gethsemane agonizing from the... uh, Being nailed to a cross? Well, uh, yeah, Gethsemane and the cross. Okay, we'll be those two together. The longer term, taking on the form of a servant and living among the disciples for the three years. Uh, I don't think he was in that same emotional state that he was in Gethsemane and the cross during the three years. Um, and I don't think that Peter can, you know, Peter agonized over having betrayed Christ and went back out to fish. But after Pentecost, I don't think he was living in that same emotional state of brokenness and anguish uh, same way. Right. So just so we're clear, I'll repeat this one last time and then I got to go. Is there's three okay. phases. There is the, oh, sorry, there's, I guess, four, two, one. There is innocence, 
before we encounter the law. Uh There is the formation of self, which is submitting to the law to grow up as like enrolling in parenthood, enrolling in civilization, enrolling in being a quote unquote follower of Jesus the rabbi. That is an important phase. The phase two is the forming a self. And then the third phase is the cross. And then the fourth phase is living out the new life. And then the cycle repeats. This is what I'm proposing is that it is a cycle and there's different phases. And that's why I was seriously asking the question. Maybe you're in a phase where you need to form a self and you are not ready to face the cross. And if that's Uh the reality that I need to stop uh, facing that, on the other hand, you know, let's just be clear that that is a follower of Jesus, but not what I would consider and what I think he counts as a disciple. And as long as we're clear on that distinction, my rage will ebb away and I'll I'll end the call there if that's okay. Oh, no, I think you should hang on to the rage. Oh, call anyway. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm closer to understanding, uh, but I don't think I'm closer to agreeing. So if the rage is appropriate for me not uh, agreeing with your perspective, then uh, hang on to it. No, if I can schematize the rage, and I should write it down, because I think I have this written down somewhere and I haven't showed you. At least I can say, like, these are the words I mean, so at least accept that I mean these words. Then my rage goes away because I've externalized the thing that is boiling around in the right side of my brain because it has not been uh, cathartized. Yeah. Anyway, but we can still call it a, a break here and figure it out. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I think I need to review a little bit more. To uh, and I. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, have a great. Day. We'll talk later. Bless you. Great. Thank you. Have a good drive. Bye-bye. Bye bye.